conclusion inevitable. It was a jump to conclusions, Matt. My conclusion was that this idea was not a practical deterrent. My only conclusion can be that it was a Sith Lord. In conclusion. Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to another installment of In Conclusion, the only movie podcast that doesn't have Billy Zane in this one. Boo. I'm Dan O'Keefe, and that boo that you heard coming from the ether is Anna Otto. How are you doing, Anna? I'd be better if Billy Zane was in Back to the Future 3, but you know, I guess I guess I'm okay. Dan, I'll recover somehow. Also joining us today from the previous two episodes is another Anna, because we like to make things simple and easy. Mm-hmm. Anna Horst, how are you? Dan, I'm just dandy. I want to be outside basking in the sun, but we do get to talk about Back to the Future 3, which is going to be wonderful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what an NPR answer you just gave. <laughs> Does NPR want to just be outside basking in the sun all day? So There's nothing I want to do more than lay out on the grass and think. Just did I ever think. tell you? Oh, sorry. Did I ever tell you Um, one time, like right when things started warming up in the beginning of May, late April, I went to my parents' house and I was laying on the cement outside in the sun because it was comfy and their elderly neighbor came over and told me that she thought I passed out and wanted to make sure I was okay. (laughs) And I replied with, nope, I'm just a snake. I like the sun. Anna, I'm glad that you too love laying on concrete in the sun because it's one of my favorite pastimes. Yes, good. Anna Horst has made me lay on the concrete at her parents' house. Yes. Because it was so warm. Yes, I love a good hot stone, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, now that we've already gone far off the rails, which is relevant, what movie are we talking about? We already said it. It's Back to the Future 3. Um, Back to the Future 3 released on a date... May 25th, 1990, directed by Robert Zemeckis again, written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Thomas F. Wilson, Leah Thompson, and newcomer Mary Steenburgen. It made $246.1 million on a budget of $40 million, uh, which makes it the lowest grossing film in the Back to the Future series. Um, and it is the first universal movie to have their 75th anniversary opening title mm. we did know i don't know if they took that out on the netflix one but on the dvd copies it has that i i don't honestly i don't remember what the title sequence was i was still gathering together drinks and snacks but you know <laughs> uh horst since you are embattled guest embattled wasn't the right word i don't Ugh. care since you're our guest Esteemed. Um, Esteemed, that's it. (laughs) What'd you think of the movie? Okay, I know that we had, I think when we started um, this series, I was was thinking that I enjoyed the third one more than the other two, but now I really do think that I like the second one the best. Yes. I think this one was good, but 
it was a little too cheesy for me, like especially the end. We'll get around to that. But I don't know. I don't totally like the way they ended it. I do like they go. Um, I do like that they go back to the Wild West. But yes, that's my thoughts. I'm gonna talk. <laughs> um, I think it's. I think it's cute. Like I definitely think it's cheesy. Like you're saying, um, compared to the first and second one, some of the time I'm kind of like, ah. This is kind of a random addition. It does. It just seems so extra, but like, it's cute. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's not my favorite, but this is one of those rare occasions where, like, if somebody was randomly like, "Do you want to watch Back to the Future 3? I'd be like, "Sure." You know, it's kind of like a standalone. It's not really, but it kind of is. Like, it could mm-hmm. be, because it's still like a science fiction e movie, but it's like so not at the same time it's just cute i think it's cute <laughs> now when you say it's a, a science fiction e movie do you mean science fictiony or like a science fiction movie that they would create for the e network i'm glaring at you i want all our listeners to know that i'm currently glaring at dan <laughs> i'm also i glaring. mean science <laughs> thank you i mean science fictiony thank you i've never felt more ire directed towards me <laughs> that at that moment, both of the Annas, the joy dropped from their face and there was nothing but disgust. Good. Yes. I feel like my my uh, mood was really extra. What am I trying to say? My giant eyelashes helped to really convey, convey the mood I was trying to give you right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, I liked the movie. I thought it was fun. Um, I liked that they went back to the Wild West. I loved the wild west theme that they made for the music i thought that was very fun um i did think it was the silliest of the three especially with mary steenburgen um a lot of her stuff i was like this is boring yeah but but we'll get into that Mm -hmm. um and i really really liked tom wilson in the movie as as mad dog tannen oh I yeah, he Mad was, Dog's good. He was so hammy, but it was perfect. Um, I feel like in... Fun. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, in, in all the movies, I feel like he does a really good job of being hammy in a way that you can tell all the characters are related, but also hammy in a way that it's not the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I like it. Each character has their own distinct Biff family, Tannum family, hamness, but in a way that's... It just, it's cute. I like it. I like yeah. it. It's cute. Yes, Dan, also I forgot to mention, um, you witnessed it, uh, my love of the music or that little twang that they basically is the theme of the Wild West in this film. In the square dance yes, the part square or the, dance the town song, square dance yes. part? I love that. <laughs> I love it so much. Yes. <laughs> One of the DVD menus had that music. And we stayed on that for a good amount of time while Anna was like, mmm, yes. Love it. I always make Gage do that. I shouldn't say always. I did that the one time Gage tried to get me to watch the first half of his extended edition, Lord of the Rings, just because it was um, the Hobbit music, and I really like it. So, <laughs> Okay, let's get into the movie. Uh, so it starts out previously on, and we go back to the first movie, and we see the climax of that 
Doc having to slide down, plug it all in. Marty going forward, goes back to the future. Va-va-voom, everything is good. And then we see from the end of the previous movie, 1955 leather jacket, cool guy Marty comes out and he's like, Doc, Doc, I'm back. It's very, I open at the close, you feel me? That's Mm -hmm. literally what I put. I was like, ooh, look at that. I open at the close, which is so dumb. I just, this was me (laughs) at 10 o'clock this morning watching a movie. (laughs) So then Marty tells Doc that 1985 Doc was transported to 1885 and is trapped there because the DeLorean has been, the circuits were fried or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like that. Um, So... Marty and 1955 Doc use the info from Doc's letter to find and repair the DeLorean. The DeLorean is currently buried in a very well-kept, seeming Old West cemetery. Wait, when they go to find the DeLorean, can we talk about how Copernicus has his own little digging hat on? Yes! And he's got a little light. I... <laughs> Oh my god, I I was overwhelmed. He was so cute. I almost had to pause the movie and cry. He was so cute. That dog really was working overtime. Thank you. Copernicus was doing the most to be the cute dog, as as cute as possible of a dog. Yes. It cured me of all my ailments. I have clear (laughs) skin now. It was everything. (laughs) (laughs) So when they go and they dig out the... um, the DeLorean, they see a tombstone, a very well-kept tombstone, despite it being 70 years later. That's literally what I said. I was like, no way. There's no way a real tombstone would ever look that clean and fresh like he died yesterday. (laughs) It's so weird that this um, 70-year-old tombstone seems to be made out of styrofoam. Hmm. Yeah, literally. Also, what I think is funny is that they they have Doc's cause of death on the tombstone. Did they do that back then? Uh, I don't think so. Like, I think he would say something memorable. Maybe maybe he would be like, he was a chicken if he, like, you know, how they were making it yeah. out to seem. But I don't think they would have been like, died from gunshot wound on this day. <laughs> you know, it seems a little too detailed. Mm-hmm. Do you think they would have put, like, a cutesy little rhyme instead? You know, <laughs> like a funny tombstone? I don't know. <laughs> Emmett Brown was a clown. Mad Dog Tannen made him frown. Yes. <gasps> Dan, I love yes. that. Yes. Yeah. That was hire, genius. Hire me to write your epitaph. OMG, done. I have a new career path. Yes. Um, so anyways, Marty takes a picture of the tombstone, and he goes to save. Do- In the letter, Doc had told him, do not come back to save me from 1885. Uh, but that was before Marty saw the tombstone. I was like, oh, my God, Doc's going to die. And this letter, the letter was written only six days before his death. So Marty, make sure, um, if you can hear that in the background, there are motorcycles driving past. It's warm out, and apparently our street is the place to go if you're riding a crotch rocket. So, the hot spot for crotch yes. rockets. <laughs> it's it's always those like Mazdas and Suzuki motorcycles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's never the, like a Harley or something like that. Those they stay on the one closer to the river. Now the the crotch rockets they got to go up on the bluff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Marty makes sure that he goes and he's going to save Doc because he can't let him die. Um, so they go to a drive-in, 
in Monument Valley, which they say is a little ways out from Hill Valley. Uh, Monument Valley's in Utah. <laughs> Hill Valley's in California. It's a it's a little ways out from Hill Valley. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I guess unless he lives like on the border of California, right? There's a is there a California Utah border that seems fake? No, that's Nevada. Thinking? Yeah, yeah that's that border is Nevada. <laughs> Nevada and New Mexico, right? And then it's yeah. Colorado and Utah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Oh man, third grade ge- <laughs> or ge- geography be with me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I just had to think for a second. I thought Nevada and Utah are flipped for some reason. I don't have a map in front of me in case you didn't know. So, <laughs> I think I asked Dan. I was like, "Wait, is this actually like what Calif? Is this California though?" Right. And I was like, like it "Doesn't look like California." I don't know how Hill Valley could be close at all. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Um, and when they go to the drive-in, it really pains me that this drive-in isn't real because it was adorable. It was so 50s. It had all the, the 50s colors, the pale pink, the pale green, the moss-colored green, mm-hmm. the teal. Um, Marty is dressed up in the cutest little cowboy get-up possible with, like, atomic-age symbols on his shoulders and the fringe. It's all pink and stuff. I love That's it. what how I want to dress in my daily life. Oh my god! With the Nikes, though. Yes, yeah. with the Nikes. Yeah, for sure. Get used to those it's... tight pants, Dan. Mm-hmm. They're tight. The pants in this movie for every character. My eyes were drawn to many a butt. Yeah. I'll just say it right now. The pants were so tight. I was like, "Who did this?" Butt game. Was Absolutely strong. no give. No give. Like, and I was looking at butts I wasn't even expecting to look at. Like Christopher Lloyd. Never have I ever considered looking at his booty, <laughs> and there I was. You know. Well, I was looking. Now that we're playing Never Have I Ever, I do have to put my finger down. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Uh, So Marty gets in the DeLorean and he backs up. Definitely not far enough to hit 88, but whatever. And he drives towards the screen. They go out here because they say that he can't run into anything. This was undeveloped back then. Uh, And as he goes back into 1885, uh, he is met with a group of Native Americans riding towards him. Mm-hmm. or slightly problematically Indians. But yeah. that's how everything was referred to in 1990 or whatever. Yeah. Again, was. we don't excuse it, but it was the term of the time, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they're being chased by the cavalry, by the U.S. cavalry, because you know what they say? Manifest destiny. Mm-hmm. Go west, young man. Hmm. Yes. Nothing problematic about America. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I just I don't know how else to reply. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so Marty, he ends up backing into a cave that's there, but when he does, the gas tank gets punctured by a rock. Anna Otto, you look really Sorry, distressed. it's just because I know we're gonna talk about the bear and I'm not distressed. It's just really cute. Okay. It is. And w- <laughs> Okay, talk about the bear. What happens with the bear? (laughs) He's in the cave looking at his gas tank, and all of a sudden he hears a sound. He looks up, and there's what appears to be a brown bear. I don't know. I'm not a bear scientist. I just look at them and think they're all cute but dangerous. But it looked like it was a a black bear. I think it said brown bear. I think it was a black bear. bear, A black bear, yeah. And he's standing up, and he's like, rawr! And Marty runs, and he drops the shoes that he was supposed to wear, the cowboy boots, and the bear, like, puts them on his little nose, and it's just so cute. It's so cute. Like, ooh, scary, an animal, but that bear was cute. 
I will say when they had the shots over the bear's shoulder, that was a man. Oh yeah, that was a person <laughs> in a bear suit. Like you could like so see their bad. shoulders. Dan, oh yeah. Did you want to be in that bear suit? Are you kidding me? I want to be in that bear suit. I want to be in the wampa suit from Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, the like white snow monster. Yeah. Yes. Whenever my mom would want us to dress up for Halloween, she always wanted us to do Wizard of Oz. Cute. And my oldest brother would be the scarecrow because he's the tallest and he's mm-hmm. obviously the the protagonist in our family. My middle <laughs> brother would be the the tin man because it would go against his type. He's the smartest one, so he would need the brain. Um, and then I'm a coward and I like playing dress up, so I would have to be the lion. Oh. <laughs> That's so cute, though, for real. Oh, we never so did cute. it, though. Oh, because I because I, I was a coward and I was a a petulant little child. Uh, so Marty goes and he's walking towards Hill Valley. He ends up tripping and falling down a very steep hill, and he knocks his head into a fence. He breaks a fence, and then immediately standing over him. Like he was called there by God is Michael J. Fox doing an Irish accent, as it and, turns out. And wearing a red wig that yes. I couldn't get past because he does not look good <laughs> as a redhead. He does not, no. Uh, so Marty gets knocked out, and then he wakes up. We do the classic wake-up scene. It's weird that his great-grandmother looks exactly like his mother. There's some some questionable breeding is the wrong word. <laughs> incest <laughs> maybe yeah, I don't know. Like that. we don't know what the what the genes are like in hill valley how small of a community it is you know <laughs> right all we can say is that the mcflies like to keep it in the family <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. they're not concerned with serious birth defects due to incest mm-hmm. nope so Marty wakes up and he does the whole, ah, freaked out. He's in 1885, thinks it's a bad dream. He should be used to this by now. Mm-hmm. He's only been doing this for two weeks. And he meets his great-grandparents, Seamus and Maggie McFly. Adorable. Uh, yeah, great name. And he also meets his great-grandfather, uh, whose name I completely forget. William. But it's child. William McFly. He's a, he's a baby. It's the only, he's the only, Marty is the only stranger that he takes to because he's family. Um, and something that I think is really interesting in this scene is the conversations between Michael J. Fox. They, like, hand things to each other. The camera is moving during their conversations. They pass over each other. So even from the second movie to the third movie, whatever they used, the green screen or the compositing or whatever they did, or the body doubles, it improved markedly because it was 90% of the time you couldn't tell that they were being filmed at separate times. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with you. I think it looked a lot more natural and smooth than it had in the last movie. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because they filmed these back-to-back. Yeah. Maybe they just couldn't get the same soundstage that they were using, so they somehow got to use some different technology that was a little bit newer and a little bit better. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Steven Spielberg put that Jurassic Park technology into it. Yeah, he was like, well... <laughs> Uh, so Marty, he starts walking towards Hill Valley. He's walking out of the train tracks. He ends up getting to Hill Valley. Um, I have a slight question about the geography and why they decided to build Hill Valley where it was. So most settlements and throughout history 
they're built because there's water there. What's in Hill Valley? Now, I don't know. It's been a long time since I remember talking about this kind of stuff. But do you think maybe was it like a gold mining town? There was it nothing to been. lead to that. But that's, I mean, why people were in California, right? Mm-hmm, the gold rush. Right. But that was yeah. in 49. True. So, that, so it could have been a, a town that ended up just sticking around, like a gold rush town that yeah. had staying power for some reason. That's like the only thing that comes to mind for me is like there was money there or oil or something. I don't know if oil was a thing back then. Oh, that's a stupid way to put it. I don't know if oil was as well important as it is now. But, you know, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oil didn't exist until 1926. No, it wasn't so, a thing. Doc, or not Doc, Marty goes into town. He walks through town. We see what Hill Valley looked like in 1885. It's a pretty typical Western town. If you were watching any Western show, Bonanza or the Rifleman, whatever, it would look oh like God. that. My parents love both of those shows. Yes. <laughs> we were watching Maverick earlier this morning. Oh, my God. You guys should go hang out with Mare and Jer. They've been watching Have Gone, Will Travel. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not for me, dog. It's not for me. <laughs> we're going to have a double uh, date with your parents. Is that what I hear? Yeah, have okay. fun. They're cool. They say romance is dead. Mm-hmm. So when Marty gets into town, he ends up going into the bar, and he is greeted at the... He asks for water and gets laughed at. They only serve whiskey there. Um, okay, wait. I have a comment to make. <laughs> when the bartender pours the whiskey and it's, like, smoking... Yeah, why yeah. is it smoking? <laughs> I have not been more repulsed by a beverage <laughs> in my life. I was horrified. I was like, what is going on? But anyway, I just had to put in my little two cents about the sizzling whiskey. Mm. Oh, that should be a brand. Sizzling, sizzling whiskey. whiskey. Can I get on it? Sizzling whiskey. Let me start making whiskey. <laughs> Have you ever drank your whiskey and thought, this doesn't taste bad enough? Do you want it hotter? Mm-hmm. Sizzling whiskey. I was also going like- to say Dan would probably have died. In the Old West, apparently, if that's oh my the God, only option. Absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, we'll get to it later, but Doc Brown is me in the bar when he's like, can I have something harder than sarsaparilla? And they're like, do you know what happened to you on the 4th of July? And he has one shot and he goes completely <laughs> to the floor. <laughs> anyway. When Marty's in the bar the first time, in comes Mad Dog Buford Tannen and his goons. And the most disappointing fact of the movie becomes apparent that Billy Zane is not one of the goons in this movie. They recast all the goons. Terrible. Despicable. I made a point to look to see if he was in there. Like, maybe they just forgot to put him in the opening titles. No. Uh, He had become too big. That's my reasoning anyway. Probably. Uh, remember where you came from, Billy Zane. That's all I have to say. I miss his eyebrows. Yeah, these are very forgettable goons, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really wanted one of them to have, like, 1885 3D glasses on. <gasps> Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Very Just... steampunk, like the yes. giant mm-hmm. circle. I don't know. That would be so cool. So... Marty recognizes him as Buford, Mad Dog Tan, he calls him Mad Dog. Mad Dog doesn't like it, so they go, and they're going to have a fight, and Marty 
loses badly. So Buford attempts to lynch him in the town square, hang him right in front of the, the new Hill Valley clock tower courthouse. Um, I was flabbergasted. I was like, that's what you do for fun when you're bullying people? You just straight up try to kill them? <laughs> what is going on? Like, he must have been dropped as a baby or something. I, I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not the answer to somebody calling you by a name you don't like, sir. Also, so they- oh, I was just going to say, uh, Dan, we kind of skipped over how Mad Dog was uh, shooting at his feet and he was moonwalking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was like silly oh, singing Billie Jean. And we were both like, is that it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Because he, he wanted him to dance. So Marty started dancing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. So they get Marty strung up. And trivia fact for y'all, when he is hanging there, he's hanging by the neck. He had like a safety rope, but it got caught. So he was actually getting hanged during the scene. And they only stopped the filming when they were like, wait, this swinging is too realistic. (gasps) Oh, my God. Yeah. It makes me so sad. Like, also, as a performer, that's something that terrifies me. And why, if I ever have to be, quote, unquote, hung in a show, I'll have, like, a straight-up panic attack. (laughs) Hire me. Yay. I'm surprised they didn't have, like, a safe word or a safe symbol, like a hand signal or something to say stop it. But whatever, you know, it was the 90s. It was a different time. We watched the the behind-the-scenes filming thing, and I was like, wow, a lot of these things are not happening on sets today. There's a lot more danger. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Actors were disposable in the 90s. Direct quote from Michael J. Fox, pain is temporary, film is forever. Amen. (laughs) Yikes. Amen. The only reason Marty survives being lynched is because steampunk superhero Doc Brown comes up and saves him. He gets Buford to go away, and we hear that he is a $80 debt that he uh, allegedly owes to him, which is the reason he gets shot in the future. Um, So Marty and Doc go back to the... Doc's new lab, which in 1885, he's a blacksmith. He's really an alchemist, but, he, you know. He also looks like Inspector Gadget. Like, when he's introduced, I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> Inspector <Yes>. Gadget look. <laughs> it's a fresh new look for him. It is. Mm-hmm. it is. I love it. And Marty tells Doc that the DeLorean has a punctured gas tank, so they'll need to fix that. And Doc reacts like oh no and Marty's like why you have the mr fusion that was only to power the fusion reactor though the delorean has always run on gas which seems like a slight um oversight on doc's part Mm -hmm. especially after he's been into the future he sees what the future is do all the cars still run on gas in future 2015 unfortunately yes but (laughs) Maybe in that dream world, they had moved on to something else. They're all wind-powered or something. Mm-hmm. They're all sailboats on the road. Run by compost. Oh. I poop, and it runs my car. Okay, yes. What is that from? Is that from something? What? I poop, and it runs my car. 
Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I just really think that we should find a way to make human waste run things. Okay, anyway. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I had a waking dream that that was what it, I was like. I don't know. I just think that's a good idea because we've got an infinite supply. Anyway. That's true. Uh, once in conclusion starts printing shirts, one of them will be, it poops and it runs my car. Yes. <laughs> so... Doc and Marty now hitch, hatch a plan to get the DeLorean up to 88. They try and tow it by horseback, but it only reaches 30 or something. And they end up talking to the train conductor where they find out that if you are on a straight enough, flat enough piece of railway and you get the fire hot enough, it should be able to get to 90. So that's how they hatch their plan. They're going to do that. Seems pretty simple, right? Everything is going to plan. Everything... Mm-hmm. This is slam bang whiz zoom. Nothing bad's gonna happen to the rest of the heroes, and then it's just gonna be a hangout movie. But no, earlier, Doc had agreed to greet the new school teacher who was coming into town from the East Coast. Ooh. I feel like I should be doing this this episode in a my bad Western Southern accent. Oh God, there's one of the drunks in the bar talks like your your Western Southerny combined with like a. Like um, an old-timey radio host. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. know the one I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one that's like Stinky Pete. Yes, I love him. Later on, he goes, run for fun. What the <laughs> hell kind of fun is that? <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. He was my favorite. Don't people walk anymore? Literally. Don't they run? Oh, God. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So, Doc and Marty, they go to greet the school teacher, but she... Well, I don't know. She gets on a horse-drawn carriage because he's not there at the station. And the horses, they go crazy. And they go and take her towards a gulch that she is definitely going to die in if it's not for their One saviorism. Might say Clayton, Clayton Gulch, right? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah. Clayton Canyon, Clayton, Clayton Gulch, Canyon. one of the okay. two. Yeah. Um, so they save her from the canyon, which means that Clayton Canyon is no longer named Clayton Canyon. It's back to the Native American name. Because in the future, as it turns out, she dies without the intervention of Doc and Marty. Because Marty's like, yeah, we always knew a teacher did that. Because we always wanted to throw our teachers in there. And I was like, well, I mean, that is par for the course for school kids. But also, Marty, be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just be, be better. better. Just also, be better. can I just say, so her name's Clara Clayton, right? That's why it's called... Clayton Canyon, because that's her name. It's named after her. I just um, want to... You go, go and then I'll say what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. Finish. No. You say what you're, say your point. Anna Horst knows what I'm going to say now. I'm very nervous. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, Doc is, like, so upset that he did a good deed. He mm-hmm. saves Clara, and then he, like, pouts about it. I was like, can you just be happy that you saved somebody's life? I know you're all concerned that you ruined history, but like, boo-hoo, somebody's alive. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What I was going to say is that I know her name is Clara Clayton, but I was the entire time referring to her as Clarabelle Cow. Like, isn't that a Disney cow? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my like a god. goofy thing. Yeah. Oh my god. No. <laughs> yeah. Dan, no. Doc falls in love with Clarabelle Cow. No. 
That's an old Disney reference. That's old. That's like when I tell people, whenever I reference Pete, they're like, who? Inspector Pete? I'm like, no, Pete, the, like, dog, the really big dog thing. Yeah. He's in a goofy movie. Yeah. I enjoy him. But anyway. So, for the rest of this episode, I will be referring to her as Clarabelle Cow. Oh, my God. Just as a warning. What do you, how do you guys feel about Clarabelle Cow? She's fine. She's got some good fashion sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. I appreciate her fashion. Um, also, mm-hmm. when we watched the behind the scenes, they described her as spunky. And um, what else did they say? They called her spunky and unique, which I think is a way of saying that she wouldn't have married anyone if it weren't for Doc. <laughs> yeah, probably, because he would also be described as spunky and unique, if you know what I'm saying, because he's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Again, not to be rude or anything, but Doc isn't exactly my cup of tea, and I don't know that I would have fallen in love at first sight with him, so I think it did take two little spunky, unique people to fall in love like that, so... <laughs> I want to. Oh, go ahead. I want to be nice with how I describe her, but she's a dumbass. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know how to drive a horse and carriage, maybe ask. I mean, I feel like this would have been the time where it would have been appropriate to ask if you could hitch a ride with somebody else. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have taken on um, the task of driving not one but two horses when I don't really seem to know what to do if they get out of control or how to stop them or calm them down if they see a snake and get scared or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But she also is, like, not afraid of all the spider webs on her school, which I could never, so. <laughs> <laughs> so because of that, she is uh, more stronger than you, but still you would know how to handle your horses. Yes, by which I mean I wouldn't have taken the carriage because I don't know how to drive a horse-drawn carriage either. (laughs) (laughs) Hold your horses. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) So anyways, they Doc and Clarabelle Cow immediately fall in love, and then they end up going to the town festival later that night. It's so cute. It's so cute. ZZ Top is playing. Yes. They're the band. I made that exact same joke. Oh, my gosh. I'm no, so that's glad. literally ZZ Top. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that explains so much because they did the spin, and I was like, haha, that's like ZZ Top. <laughs> and then I just carried on with my life. I'm so glad to know that it actually is. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm shocked. Because they, they wrote the song for this movie that they play over the credits. Wow. Um, and in... It's ZZ, the band is ZZ Top. They didn't really have to dress up or anything. Just put on, they didn't have to do any makeup. They already have the beards. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what image I'm going to use to advertise this specific episode. And yes, it is a screen grab from King of the Hill. Okay, go on. <laughs> At the town festival, Buford tries to kill Doc. He ends up sneaking a gun in with his hat. Um, we also learn that Marty is a crack shot. Because he's given the, the rifle and he shoots all the, at whatever the game is. And he's asked, where did you learn to do that? And he says, of course, 7-Eleven. Great line. Very strong, very 80s writing. Mm-hmm. If you learn to shoot like that at the 7-Eleven now, there are much more dire consequences. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So Buford, he sneaks a gun in, in his hat. He puts it to Doc's back. And Doc is just... Oh my gosh, she has so much confidence. 
He immediately turns around. He's like, no, you're not going to kill me. No. Even if I was 100% sure that there were no bullets in that gun, I still wouldn't do it. I'd be too scared. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't even like, like, prop guns. They make me nervous. I don't know. Ooh. Give me the heebie-jeebies. So then Buford calls Marty a yellow belly, which is chicken for this movie. <laughs> and Marty ends up challenging him to a duel at 8 a.m. on Monday, which is the exact same time when the train that they're supposed to take is going. And Marty's like, why? It's fine. Actually, the exact words are, I like to do my killing before breakfast, 7 a.m. And Marty's like, I like to do my killing after breakfast, 8 a.m., please. (laughs) I would be like, ugh, I like to do my killing, like, in the afternoon so I can sleep in, get a couple meals, don't rush me. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I feel like Mad Dog is not the kind of man who wakes up at, like, six to prepare for a a shoot down or whatever what is it what is it a shootout shoot out what did i just a say shoot down <laughs> but i guess like they didn't have alarm clocks they just kind of woke up when the sun rose didn't they I guess, so he'd yeah. probably be up at like five. Oh, that word alone makes me sad <laughs> when i was in high school i try i heard i read somewhere that like yeah if you sleep with your blinds open you'll wake up with the sun it'll be fine uh, I did that once. I woke up. What? I sleep with my blinds open now. I woke up once with the sun, and then I was back to waking up at like 10 a.m. Yeah, I have like a little, like a little section of our blinds are pulled up so that we can get the wind blowing through our apartment. But I never wake up with the sun. I still wake up at like 9:30 mm-hmm. p.m. So <laughs> <laughs> I love sleeping. Anyway. Why wake up with the sun when you can wake up with the daughter? Oh, my oh. God. Bye. I hated Bye. that. We're done. We're done. Dan's thrown off the podcast. <laughs> Hashtag Dan O'Keefe is over party. <laughs> yes. I can't. I'm trending. You're trending, Dan. You made it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm still flat, flabbergasted because I literally have in my notes the band with their beards and twirling instruments. I love ZZ Top. I'm so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so shook. Okay, anyway, sorry. So uh, Marty looks at the picture again. The name is erased, but the date and the how they died is still on the tombstone. And then Doc tries to convince Clara that he's from the future. She gets mad and breaks up with him. I'm yada yadaing over all their like dating stuff because it's really boring. Oh wait, oh, I do have a note. Fact- oh, go ahead. Yours is probably actually a note, and mine's just dumb. So you go first, Anna. <laughs> no, you're fine. Like amidst the dating part, um, we get to see Marty's behind. Wait, that's exactly what I was gonna yes! say. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so. We're on the same page. We're on the same page. The Annas are on the same page, and I love that we get to refer to ourselves as the Annas. Yes, I literally put in my notes, Michael J. Fox, booty cheek sighting. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm so glad that you said it, because I was literally going to say the same thing. Okay. The the Annas are on the same page, and that page (laughs) is butt. Yes. Yeah. So Doc goes to the saloon to just get drunk, and he ends up telling stories of the future to the three men at the table, um, which is very funny. We mm-hmm. talked about it earlier. And Doc 
drinks a single shot of whiskey and immediately passes out. He's a cheap date like me. Yes. <laughs> oh, Anna Horst and I were talking about that. We're talking about cheap dates last night after watching the movie. And I was like, I'm a cheap date. All I want is a slice of pizza and a milkshake. There you go. That's a well. That that's a little expensive, Dan. Mm-hmm. A milkshake, a slice of pizza is like two dollars. Yeah, but it depends where you're going. Is it a good place for pizza? Or is it like the hut? Just like kidding. Costco. Sorry. I know this is a pro hut group, but I'm <laughs> I'm negative hut. It makes my tummy hurt. Oh. Anyway. I think of the hut as airport food. Yeah. Fair. Mm-hmm. Which, Anna Horst's family. I apologize because they have strong feelings towards the I hut know, and towards I said, Domino's. I spoke negatively about the hut and I was like, oh man, I'm going to get roasted. This is a pro hut. We have a pro hut. It's <laughs> okay. We don't praise the hut, but <laughs> it's not like we're anti hut. Fair. Okay. I'll allow it. To be clear, we're talking about Pizza Hut and not Jabba the Hut, correct? <laughs> correct. Okay. So. Marty looks at the picture again and he sees that it now says Clint Eastwood, which is the pseudonym that he has been giving out to everybody in the past because Marty's too futuristic of a name. Uh, Then Marty refuses to duel. Doc wakes up after the bartender gives him wake-up juice, which I just imagine is capsaicin and pig guts or something. I think it's spicy, though, because he, like, runs out to the water. So I'm guessing it's, like whatever random hot peppers they had or spices. It looks like SpaghettiOs. It's nasty. <laughs> I said that it looks like it could have been a Bloody Mary. Like uh, mm-hmm. before mm. the Bloody Mary was invented, they yeah. had a very ratchet Bloody Mary. Yeah. Yeah. They they also had to feed it to him by sticking a funnel in his mouth. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> nasty. Can't look over that little detail. So... Buford catches Doc, which forces Marty to duel him, and Marty eventually does get out. Buford goes, and he goes, draw. And then Marty goes, you draw! They're playing a game of chicken. Yes. Also, when Marty walks out, there is a chicken behind him. I don't know if that was planned or not. Oh, wait. There's, like, a lot of chickens in this movie, and I love chickens. They're just so cute. (laughs) (laughs) So Buford shoots Marty. It seems like he's died. Buford goes to check on him, and Marty gets up and punches him. Gives him the old one-two, the old haymaker, the old whiz-bang, slam-boom combo. Yes. And ends we, up punching him into a manure truck. Yes, we love the manure, manure. gag. We love it. <laughs> to Welcome which, back, baby. Finally, we hear the line that we thought was in the previous two movies. I hate manure. Buford finally says, I hate manure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy F. Wilson. In the behind-the-scenes documentary for the movie that was on the DVD, they had him in all that makeup. And he's talking to the behind the scenes crew and he's like, you know, working in Hollywood really is glamorous. So come on, everybody. Come out to California. You get to dress like this. You get to land in a bucket of manure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Ew. And when he spits it out of his mouth later on, nasty. Nasty. He plays it up well. He, he I, does. That's like one of the best scenes, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So they end up, they go and they get to the train. Um, actually, Buford is arrested earlier for robbery. Originally, it was he was arrested for the murder of the sheriff, and they dubbed over that line in the movie, which is why the line doesn't really sync up with what the new sheriff is saying. Mm-hmm. And the murder of the sheriff is a deleted scene where the sheriff meets up with Buford, and he just wants him to go past and not kill him. So the sheriff and his son, they go past, and Buford shoots him in the back. Like a cold-blooded killer. And that was too dark. I think that's yeah, why they that's, cut it. Yeah, that's pretty dark. It was really intense. When we were watching it, I was like, what? <laughs> I know this isn't <laughs> real. <laughs> but little Oh, much. boy. So Marty and Doc, they end up and they find the train. Clarabelle Cow hears salesman discussing how heartbroken Doc was, and she pulls the emergency brake on the train. I don't know if that's how emergency brakes on trains work, but it's a movie. <laughs> I'm not, I've only been on trains a couple of times, so I can't really speak to how they work. Normally it gives a notification to the conductor Mm -hmm. who then stops it. It's not like you pull on a wire and it's like the wire on the bus doesn't stop the bus. True. Yeah. You have to wait till they get to the next bus stop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Clarabelle Cow now goes to chase after them because, oh my gosh, I'm in love with him. Um, They steal the locomotive. Doc and Marty do. Mm. They, it is pushing the DeLorean along the train line. Everything is going according to plan. They've loaded up with special logs that burn hotter and hotter and hotter. Um, Clara. And they make the smoke different colors. I just think yeah, that's Yeah, cool. that's fun. Yes. And Clara's wearing a beautiful purple dress, might yeah. I just say. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's also a very strong dress, as we'll see in a little bit. Oh, yeah. And so she climbs on the train. Well, Doc goes to climb towards the DeLorean because Doc is going to go back to the future with him. Uh, but then they see that Clara is hanging off the side of the DeLorean, <laughs> the, the train, not the DeLorean, by, not even by her arms, not her foot is caught. No, a single stitch of her dress gets caught on the side of the train and she is hanging there for dear life. Can I just say, I am thoroughly surprised that her hair which is billowing in the wind hasn't gotten sucked up by this is gonna be so dark hasn't gotten sucked up by a wheel and broken her neck like i think Mm -hmm. that's what would have happened in real life her hair which is so long and beautiful would have gotten caught up in the wheel and it would have been turning and her neck would have snapped the end absolutely Mm -hmm. anna so i was thinking even darker than that so don't worry oh (laughs) thank goodness what were you thinking i was thinking that her hair would have gotten stuck in the wheel and then it would have just fucking pulled her in oh my god her whole body (laughs) you might want to cut that (laughs) also we were talking about this during the movie when all the explosions go off to boost the train up to the next gear i guess yeah Yeah. she is directly behind oh yeah she would have been burnt to death she's (laughs) holding on though at first when that first one goes off and she's holding on to the back and it just like pulls her straight up her arms her fingers her hands she must got have like lizard pads so she can stick on the walls and stuff there's no <laughs> other explanation uh-huh um so doc ends up climbing back to save her marty throws the hoverboard and doc very heroically saves her he catches her they fly off um away from the train they in a very green screened moment yeah, um, a that very obviously green screened one. 
And so Doc stays in the past with Clara as Marty goes 88, right as the train goes over into the gulch and explodes in a very fiery explosion that they added an overlay of smoke to to make it seem even more impressive. Um, it's a metaphor for my life since quarantine started. <laughs> <laughs> a flaming train wreck. <laughs> no. No, I, I'm kidding. That's self-deprivation joke. I hope everybody laughs, please. Anyway. Do you mean self-deprecation? I hope it's not oh, self-deprivation. Yeah. Oh my god, whoops. Self-deprecation <laughs> joke. Depriving myself of joy, though. Okay. No, I don't know. I'm going to hear from my mom whenever I say something wrong in the podcast. She goes, you doughhead. And tells me what I said wrong. I'm like, yep. That's our next t-shirt. You doughhead. Oh, that's the Otto family of calling someone an idiot. <laughs> I think I'm safe to say this now. My mom only listens to like 30 minutes of the podcast because she's like, it's too long and I don't care about the movies. I like hearing you talk. You and your friends just talk, but I don't like these movies. I don't care. If we talked about like Philomena or Spotlight, she would be all in. Or like all the president's men. Um, But Don't tell your mom I made that face. Don't tell your mom. (laughs) Although I did tell my mom what we were doing next and she went, Ugh, really? And I went, yup. <laughs> <laughs> so Marty ends up back in 1985. Doc had told him to destroy the DeLorean, uh, which Marty doesn't really have a choice to do because a train immediately runs over the car just as he jumps out. Does he think Anna- he's the train? Oh, I'm sorry. Anna Horst? I was going to say, Anna Horst, what did you say when that happened? Yes. Oh, I was thinking, like, because he drives past everyone on the road, on the track, yes. and the thing. And if you were in one of those cars, and then you just see the car you saw on the tracks smashed to smithereens, I would have been, like, hysterical, crying, like, calling 911. Yes. No yes, one reacts. Well, yeah. I would have gotten out of my car. I would have been like, somebody, somebody, help. We got to help this guy. There's been a cry. Yes. I also have in my notes, though, I was like, Dude, you gotta get out of your car. If I knew I was gonna land on a rate on a train, a uh, railroad track, the second I got there, I think I would jump out of the car because I don't know what's gonna be there. And he has a history of being like, nothing's gonna be there, and running into something as soon as he gets <laughs> to the next place. Trees, groups of people, a train. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Not letting it happen. So Marty, he now that the DeLorean has been destroyed, he goes and he picks up Jennifer, his girlfriend, the worst Jennifer, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And they go for a drive in his lifted Ford truck. The ugliest car my eyes have ever seen. Ugh. And as they're going for a drive, sorry, I skipped over the fact that we see Marty's family again. And it's still not Crispin Glover. That's why he stays far back and everybody (laughs) else comes into the scene. Uh, As they go and as they drive, they end up meeting up with Needles, who we met. We met future Needles, played by Flea. It's so dumb. his gang of hooligans. So dumb. He calls him a chicken. Yeah, that they have to come back to who he is in the third movie because we don't know who he is in the second movie and they act like we do. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Um... So Needles calls him a chicken and baits him to race him. Needles' goons are the same people who played Biff's goons in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why they had to have different goons, so that 
Biff and Needles didn't have the same goons, I guess. Probably. Well, Billy Zane would have been like in his mid forties, late forties in the eighties oh. as a character. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. he was from the fifties, unfortunately. I guess. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, so he baits him into racing, but Marty throws it in reverse, which is weird that he didn't just stay there. Yeah, just rev your engine and don't drive. Like, put it <laughs> right? in park. Because, <laughs> like, going in reverse could be even more dangerous. Right. But anyway, they see Needle's car almost smash into a Rolls Royce, which was the car that Marty got into a car accident, which ruined his music career in the future. And Jennifer because she's an idiot, pulls out the fax that says you're fired and sees it fade away. Ah, oh, Jennifer. I may have called her an idiot too early, but anyways, they go back to the the train's tracks where the DeLorean got exploded. <laughs> got exploded. <laughs> and then the, the train lights go off, but no train is coming. Gasp. <gasps> Then suddenly... Oh, you both actually gasped. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly, a futuristic Jules Verne-like train comes out. It's being driven by Doc. He made a time machine in 1890, I'll assume, because he has two children with Clara now. Jules and Verne. There it is. <laughs> that, tr- that train is like high tech, though. That's a nice looking train. It is a nice looking train. They also, also have a dog. If he invented... Oh, didn't they just go back and get Einstein? Yeah. Oh, sorry. They did go back and get Einstein. I almost had an emotional breakdown when I discovered that it wasn't Copernicus and that it was Einstein and that he went... I don't know why Copernicus, but I mean that he went back to get Einstein because I was, like, so emotional that he, like, cared about his dog that much. I would have gone back. I would have been like, build this machine. Einstein needs me. Oh, he's a sweet baby angel. (laughs) And Jennifer asks him, Doc, I had this fax in my pocket, but now it's gone. What happened? Well, Jennifer, you're dumb. (laughs) What do you think happened? The future changed, woman. It's because nobody's future is written, Jennifer. It's good. It's a good doc impression. Thank you. It was actually horrible. You can say it is okay. I'm so, awful at accents and dialects. Thank you. And then Doc, uh, uh, you go, Marty asks Doc, where are you going to go? Not where, Marty. When? And then they fly off into the screen. Can we the end. take two seconds before we the end? Okay. In that scene alone, they said back to the future about 25 times. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the end. Doc, where are you going? Back to the future? No, Marty, I'm not going back to the future. But Doc, you need to go back to the future. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways. How did you how did you feel about I don't know. I thought that was the cheesiest part of it, and obviously Jennifer's statement made it even worse. <laughs> um, I like that they wrap things up so we know that Doc is like happy and with the love of his life because otherwise i mean it's kind of sad to be like oh there's no closure about will he ever see doc again is doc happy like did he make the right choice but obviously he did and you get to see that he's a family man now but he's still inventing and he cares about marty and they'll probably be in touch at some point again and it just makes me happy 
Very, mm -hmm. very cute. Very cute. Thank very you. cute. Yeah. I want. So oh. that's the movie. Yay! What do you want, Anna? What did you want? I wanted to say that I wanted a even more steampunk doc. Oh, <laughs> fair. <laughs> fair. So more bronze. Yes. Yeah, I want a bronze god, Doc Brown. Yes. Bronze <laughs> That bronze. is Back to the Future Part 3. Woo. Um, overall thoughts in comparison to the other two movies. What, what did you two think about that? Anna Horst, our guest. Uh, maybe I spoiled it in the beginning. I still like this movie a lot. Again, very cute. I also like did a physics project on this. So like that is what it always reminds me of. I always think back to that project. Um, and I just love the Old West sort of part of it. And that Doc gets a lady friend. That's nice for him. Um, but yeah, I, I have really um, come to love the second movie after like watching them all again. Really like the second one. But this one's still a good, cute one to end everything. I feel like, for me personally, like I said earlier... I liked this movie. Um, it's definitely not my favorite. I think my order would go 2-1-3. Um, but it's not a bad movie, in my opinion. Uh, it's just not of the same genre to me. Like I said, like it is, but it isn't. It's a lot more... I mean, it's a Western. Mm -hmm. With some non-Western aspects, of course. But it's pretty Western-y. Yeah. I think... This is definitely the, the goofiest of the three movies. They're definitely leaning hard into themselves. Oh, uh, yeah. Like when the bartender one. goes, when Marty asks the bartender if there's a back door and he goes, yeah, it's in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote that line? <laughs> Who wrote that line? <laughs> I'm going to fight Robert Zemeckis. Literally. Get him but over here. But I, I do enjoy, it felt like the actors were having the most fun in this movie, you could definitely tell they really liked playing the, the 1800s versions of whatever their characters were. Yeah. Except maybe Leah Thompson. Cause she, she just had fewer and fewer roles, yeah. fewer and fewer things to do in each movie. Yeah. Her character in this movie seemed sort of stressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, pioneer mother. Absolutely. Yeah. I too would be stressed if I lived in pioneer times. I just told my mom, like, baking bread is exhausting and I, I couldn't do it every day. And I'm sure that's what she had to do. Making biscuits, cooking rabbit, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. That tiring. It's tiring. Yeah. Um, there was one scene that I noticed. It was right at the end of the town square scene where Marty and red haired Irish Marty are talking. Shanus. Yeah. Heinous, whatever his Shamus. name is. Shamus. You're the most Irish one in this group, Dan. You should know these things. Um, so they're talking, and then Sean Bran walks away. Oh, my God. Leaving just Marty and his great-grandmother, Leah Thompson. And she is, they're having a conversation, but she is looking nowhere near his eye line she oh, is yeah. looking at a tennis ball 45 miles away she does not even care she no. has no interest and she like makes that clear from the beginning she is not as trusting as her husband is mm -hmm. and in the the back to the future behind the scenes documentaries that we watched she's never interviewed really i i just realized that it's always they always have michael j fox they always have 
Tom Wilson. They always have Robert Zemeckis. Hmm. But that's really it. Maybe she didn't really want... I don't know. I'm sure that in the 80s, things were probably still kind of... Women aren't as important. But maybe it was because she didn't have a big enough role or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, some trivia about the movie. Bring it Um, on. Bring it on. I'm a, I found the Back to the Future wiki. Yes. Oh, boy, there's a lot of trivia on Yes. Here. Let's hear it. It was shot under the working title Three, which is lazy. Okay. Just Three? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Doc says that his family didn't arrive until 1908, and their last name was Von Braun, meaning that Doc is most likely related to Werner Von Braun, who was not a big – he invented the V2 rocket, mm. and he was big in the space program. Um, the posters at the drive-in theater are Revenge of the Creature and Tarantula, which were two of Clint Eastwood's first movies. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. The drive-in was unfortunately built and torn down immediately after filming. Oh, it's cute. It looked like it would have been real. Yeah. It is cute. Yeah. Um, yeah, he got hung, hanged. Sorry, he was hanged. In 1885, he was he hung. <laughs> oh my god! We saw his, we saw the back. We didn't see the front. We don't know. True. We don't know. <laughs> um, the scene with Buford killing Marshall Strickland was in the novelization, and it was in the bonus of the 2002 release. So there's no explanation why it wasn't Marshall Strickland who arrested him at the film. Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, it was a different Marshall, the one who made him check his guns earlier. Um, the clothes that Doc wears in the final scene are modeled after Professor Marvel or the Wizard of the Wizard oh, of Oz. Oh, okay. I can see that. 100%. Oh. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movie apparently takes place in the same universe as the 2014 film A Million Ways to Die in the West. I've never when seen When a scene that showed Doc Brown trying to hide the DeLorean from the main character. Oh, my God. Right. That's kind of cute, but interesting. Uh, And then some more trivia, because I go to multiple websites. Let's see. The location for 1885 Hill Valley was used in the 85 Clint Eastwood movie Pale Rider. Hmm. Weird name. The main cast, most of them, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, and Tom Wilson, all said that this was their favorite movie, the one they had most fun filming, and it's very evident yeah crispin glover said that he thinks that the third one is the best in the trilogy (laughs) weird flex but okay Uh Uh, mary steenburgen signed on because her children begged her to do so oh that's cute i love when actors do things because their kids want them to Mm -hmm. in the script doc drank the whole bottle of whiskey Oh. Instead of just one I'm shot, which doesn't work as shot. well. That was, yeah, that was it's funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan was asked to play the 1885 mayor. Yes, I knew that. Gage told me that. And I, I was, well, I couldn't remember if he was president or not in 1990. So I asked, I was like, am I, and Gage was like, no, he was not. Cause I feel like that would have caused some drama, you know, even though he was an actor if the president mm-hmm. was doing a movie again, I feel like there would have been drama. But 
I don't know. That's maybe that's just how it would be in today's political climate. But, you know, this would have been a year after he was out of office. And the only comparable example would be Arnold Schwarzenegger going back to acting after being the governor of California. Mm -hmm. Because he went back like immediately after he made he was in the second Expendables movie in 2011 when his term ended. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Is that all the trivia that I have? Is it? I don't know. And ZZ Top was the band. Still blown away. Still blown <laughs> away. What a banger song. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so, as always, what actor was doing the most in the movie? Who was trying their hardest? Who was um, doing the best? The puppy wearing the hat. <laughs> he was really killing it. He brought his A game. He looked like a 10 in the caves, and he stole my heart. Thank you. Anna Horst? Um, Copernicus also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he did play an important role because they would not have found the cemetery stone or what am I, headstone. Jeez. Because mm-hmm. um, he was crying. He was crying at yeah, it. Yeah, he was mourning. He was mourning. Okay, um, for real, uh, I guess probably tom wilson then again so mad dog i Mm -hmm. just like watching the behind the scenes also made it better i like realized uh just kind of how much uh he was really getting into the role and it was it was just really funny to see him kind of switch from himself to mad dog so i'm going Mm -hmm. with him yeah i would agree with you again on that one for sure yeah i i would too i'd say mad dog on the other end, uh, I think it's Leah Thompson who was <laughs> incredibly phoning it in. I don't think she wanted to be there. Maybe she didn't. Like, maybe she wanted to be there, but, like, there wasn't much of an opportunity for her to really play a major part. Yeah. I don't know how they could have given her more of a role because, like, I don't know. It would have been too boring if they brought his family into it, I think. It would have. They're, they're boring people, let's admit it. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. like this was um, just kind of a boringly written role for yeah. her. Like, it I was... feel like they gave her the role of stern mother, which was not how um, Lorraine was at all. So I think mm-hmm. it was just kind of a less fun part to play, mm-hmm. perhaps. But Yeah, her hers was definitely the most underwritten character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Although her accent much better than Michael J. Fox. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, would this movie be better, worse, or the same with Jonathan Taylor Thomas in it? We've, you know, I feel like I've said this before for all the other movies. I couldn't touch it. You know, I, I like how it is as is. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to stay Michael J. Fox this one time, this three times. <laughs> Anna Horst, better, worse, or the same with Chris Evans? You know, I would love to see Chris Evans in like a Wild West film. I think they should do that. Um, I would <laughs> love to see. He could work it. those tight pants. He could work <laughs> it. Like I, if we liked the booty in this film, like oh, oh baby. I, yeah, again, can't swap him out for anyone. He could, he could have just been someone in town that I could have stared at their ass in the bar, but. Mm-hmm. He could have been the guy who's measuring Marty 
The Undertaker. Yeah, the Undertaker. Oh my god. I loved that scene. It was so funny. Oh my god. But, yep. Jimmy Stewart could have slid in here and not stood out at all. It would have been perfect. He could have played any role. The bartender, the mayor, the marshal, Buford, Jimmy Stewart as Buford. (laughs) Oh my lord. I am all in on this. I think he would have really killed it as the mayor personally that's where i would have placed him um and how does it rank you anna Otto? you already said your your ranking goes two one three indeed it does anna horst how does it rank for you you got me contemplating this now because (laughs) i i don't know i really love the first and the second i almost like the second no like more now though so Maybe I will have to say two one three. Yes, <laughs> welcome, sister. Two one three. Come to the dark side. I am in agreement. It goes two one three for me. Yes. Um, it's just two. I'll explain my reasoning. Two because it hits the best of the first one. It also adds twenty fifteen into it, which I really like. Mm-hmm. One because it's the original. And then three, it's still fun, but it doesn't rank up with the other two. Mm-hmm. I would say those rankings don't mean any of them are bad. It just means no. that one and two are better. Yeah. Um, does this movie remind you of any other movies? You know. Besides, obviously, one and two. Dan, I was dying to watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit while watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to watch it tonight. Um, I don't know why. Well, I do know why Christopher Lloyd's in it. His characters mm-hmm. are not the same at all. At They're all. completely different. But I just always, it was like when you're like, you know, eating something and you're like, you know, what would really go with this? Who, Who framed, framed Roger, Roger Rabbit? Rabbit. <laughs> yes. <gasps> yes. So that's where I was. I mean, it, they literally have nothing in common except for the fact that, that Christopher Lloyd is in them. But <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, that's where my brain is today. <laughs> Anna Horst, any similar, similar, any similar movies? I'm I'm not going to be basic and compare it to an old West film, but I will be basic and compare it to Little House on the Prairie. Bless. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, especially his his boring family, very mm-hmm. Little House on the Prairie. Like, don't touch my baby, and. Uh, Oh no, you fell in a well. I don't know. Jimmy <laughs> fell a in a well. Fever. Yep. Um, unfortunately, this movie does not end like Little House on the Prairie ends. The house does not blow up. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my God. <laughs> That's literally how Little House on the Prairie ends. Wait, what? In the last episode, they blow up the house. Now, forgive me. I don't like Little House on the Prairie. My mom is quaking at that statement. Um, Are you serious or are you kidding? Because you know I'm gullible and I'm never sure. I am serious. I also don't like it. Wow. I don't think I ever watched it, but that's just a piece of trivia that I always remember. That's interesting and seems to come out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. It, um, okay, I'm, I looked it up because I was just curious. Is it actually called The Last Farewell? And it says the citizens blow up the town. 
There's what? a what? There's a New York Times headline <laughs> that just says Prairie set set is dynamited for finale. Whoa. <laughs> That's I feel like I'm in an alternate reality right now. This doesn't <laughs> feel right. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm in like a different earth. <laughs> Thank you for listening to all nine seasons of our Little House on the Prairie podcast. Yep, pretty much. Little House on the podcast. Oh my God. I would, <laughs> Dan, I would burst into flames just like their town. Like I. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The movie that, that going back to the movie, it most reminds me of Wild Wild West, the Will Smith one. Oh. Because of the like he futuristic train stuff. Yeah. Um. Wild Wild West is terrible, though. Well, this is fun. There's a rap song. I'm singing it in my head. I don't actually know the words. So I know that he says Wild Wild West. Yes. Yes. So you know, like, half of the words. Got it. (laughs) And, okay, out of, okay, five out of five Little House on the Prairie houses getting blown up. (laughs) What would you rate this movie? Anna, You're, what would you oh rate it? Oh my god! Wow, and you put it like in explosions. Um, I'll give it a three, three point five, somewhere around there. It's a that's very, where I was leaning too. It's an enjoyable mm-hmm. film. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I'd with give you. it a three. Three, a three. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're all in agreement. 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 We all agree. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and that is it for our Back to the Future trilogy. We're not going to be talking about the making of Back to the Future, the TV special starring Kirk Cameron from Growing Pains. Oh, my Lord. That is on the third DVD as a special feature where he answers fake questions from fake viewers. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord above. Unfortunately, we're also not going to be talking about Back to the Future, The Ride, which was fun. R.I.P. Fun ride. It's gone, though. The Simpsons ride replaced it. Which is also really fun. It is, yeah. Uh, thank you, Anna Horst, for joining us Yay! for these past three episodes. Aww, I'm clapping. It was, it was glad. I, I, whoa. I am glad to be a part of the Annas. It yes. Was such a time. Thank you for yes. having me. You're- we'll have you back in the future once we talk about not another teen movie or something. <gasps> Absolutely. Oh my god. Yeah. If you ever have any Chris Evan needs, let me know. I'll let you know. Gage and I watched Snowpiercer last night. Oh, yes. That's an intense yes. movie. It was good. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. But I thought of you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Seems like maybe you have the Chris Evans needs. I do. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, Anna Otto, thank you as always. Thank you, Dan. For being here. Next week, we will be back with a brand new guest, Caroline Norton. Yay! More wild applause. She is our friend. She's an actress in Milwaukee, uh, and she loves the High School Musical series. Ha-ha! So our next three episodes are going to be about High School Musical, equal cinematic classics to Jurassic Park and Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So tune in for that. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can. On Twitter, we're at and in conclusion. On Instagram, we're at in conclusion pod. Cast. You can follow podcast. 
podcast. Yes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan O'Keefe 86 or on Instagram at D-L-R-A-A-R. Anna Horst, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Anna Horst or on Instagram at Horst Anna. I'm so creative. (laughs) And Anna Otto. Here I come, too creative. You can find me on Instagram at AutumnistPrime818 or you can follow me on Twitter at AutobotsRollOut, capital O for auto, capital B for bots, capital R for roll, and the O in roll, and the O in out are zeros. You're almost turning it into a song. Yes. That makes it go faster. Uh, Please rate and review the show if you can. That's very helpful to us. Please subscribe if you like it. Um, We may be starting a Patreon soon because we do nothing unless it's for money. Yes, I love money. So get excited for that. (laughs) Oh, man, that sounded so sad out loud. (laughs) Anyway. So we'll be back next week with High School Musical. Thank you, everybody. Stay safe. Stay sane. If you could donate to worthy causes, donate to worthy causes. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Um, I just found out that you can give poodles dreadlocks.